This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512 MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, this is Daniel Bills with the news, the headlines. The government in Bucharest has today tackled a series of measures to overcome the energy crisis announced by the European Commission. The foreign ministry in Moscow has declared persona non grata a member of the Romanian embassy in Moscow. And Romania's football champions CFR Cluj today takes on FC Balkan of Pristina in their first Group G game of the Europa Conference League. The government in Bucharest has today tackled a series of measures to overcome the energy crisis announced by the European Commission. According to Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă, all the measures taken by its cabinet to cap prices for electricity and gas have been tailored to meet the recommendations made by Ursula von der Leyen and are aimed at protecting household consumers, the Romanian economy and curbing consumption. The European Commission wants to reduce the price paid for Russia's gas as part of a plan to diminish energy costs. According to the head of the EU Commission, the money Putin uses to fund his war campaign in Ukraine must be limited. The Commission wants to also curb demand by reducing energy consumption at peak hours. In Moscow, President Putin says that Russia will completely stop energy deliveries if the EU caps the Russian exports, adding the Europeans will freeze in winter. The European energy ministers are to discuss the Commission's proposals on Friday. The foreign ministry in Moscow has declared persona non grata, a member of the Romanian embassy in Moscow, the RIA agency announced on Thursday. Reuters recalls that Romania, like other EU members, has been designated an unfriendly country by Moscow in response to sanctions imposed after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Earlier this year, Russia and EU countries expelled hundreds of each other's diplomats in the wake of the Russian invasion on February the 24th. Romania's football champion CFR Cluj today takes on FC Balkan of Pristina in their first Group G game of the Europa Conference League. In the other match of this group, Turkish side Sivaspor will be taking on Slavia Praga, while in Group B, Romania's vice-champions FCSB will be playing English side West Ham United in London. Also in this group, Belgian side Anderlecht Brussels will be up against the Danish 
from Silkeborg. Christians in Romania are today celebrating the birth of Jesus' mother, St. Mary. According to the Christian belief, the Virgin Mary was born out of a miracle. Her parents, Joachim and Anna, were very old and could not have babies. In response to their prayers, God made a miracle and Anna got pregnant at an old age. They named their daughter Mary and she would later give birth to our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Christians believe the Holy Virgin reached the highest degree in holiness and unlike the other saints, she is celebrated four times a year on her birthday, her entry into the temple, the Annunciation and the Ascension. Romanian discount carrier Blue Air is expected to resume its flights shortly. Company officials are to announce today what flights the company is going to resume. On Tuesday, the airline announced the suspension of its flights until September the 12th after its bank accounts were frozen by the state amid concerns over unpaid debt. According to the Romanian Foreign Ministry, Romanian nationals abroad affected by the measure can contact the nearest diplomatic mission or consular office. The Romanian passengers stranded at airports across Europe and beyond are being repatriated by means of the planes of the national airline Tarom after the government has allotted money from the reserve funds. And now to end the news bulletin, here is a reminder of the main stories. The government in Bucharest has today tackled a series of measures aimed at overcoming the energy crisis announced by the European Commission. The foreign ministry in Moscow has declared persona non grata a member of the Romanian embassy in Russia. And Romania's football champions, CFR Cluj, today takes on FC Balkany of Pristina in their first Group G game of the Europa Conference League. And that was the news from Radio Romania International, broadcasting from Bucharest. Visiting Hungarian President Katalin Novak expressed her country's support for Romania's accession to the passport-free Schengen area. I'm Cristina Matescu with this report by Daniela Budu. After a private visit to Romania that triggered the protest of the authorities in Bucharest, Hungary's President Katalin Novak on Wednesday made an official trip, the first at this level in the last 12 years. She met President Klaus Johannes, Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuca, the Speakers of Parliament and the leaders of the Democratic Union of Ethnic Hungarians in Romania. Talks focused on Romania's accession to the Schengen area, the situation of the ethnic Hungarians in Romania, the assistance to Ukrainian refugees, energy and the energy dependence. Klaus Johannes said the Romanian authorities are fully open to working with the neighboring state and reiterated the need for dialogue in resolving matters of bilateral interest, 
and for avoiding unilateral approaches that cannot lead to sustainable solutions. He pointed out that it is essential for projects of interest to be carried out in Romania only based on an agreement, to not be discriminatory based on ethnic grounds and to comply with the Romanian, European and international legislation. Johannes also said that Romania respects the rights of all its ethnic minorities, which are represented in Parliament. Klaus Johannes. Este interesul nostru comun ca drepturile minorității maghiare să fie pe It is in our common interest for the rights of the Hungarian ethnic minority to be fully respected, for the latter to be able to live its culture, use its mother tongue, etc. Speaking of which, we agreed together that the Romanian language should also be used. On the other hand, it is a well-known fact that there are politicians, both here and in Hungary, who want to assert themselves by exacerbating inter-ethnic tensions. Hungary's president, Katalin Novak, emphasized that Romania and Hungary both want to reduce existing tensions, not to enhance them. She said the two neighboring states may not agree on everything, but the most important thing is to be able to talk and listen to each other. With respect to international affairs, she gave assurances that her country supports Romania's accession to the Schengen passport free area. Katalin Novak. We also spoke about Romania's Schengen membership. Hungary supports Romania's accession to the Schengen area, and Romania can count on Hungary's support in this regard. The Hungarian president also said that the task of Romania and Hungary is to increase the influence of the European Union and that the two countries are willing to work together in order to achieve this. The Romanian citizens affected by the suspension of Blue Air flights have started to arrive in the country with the planes of the national company Tarom. I'm Lakamia Rasmian with details in this commentary by Mihai Pelin. Five million lei, that is about one million euros, have been allocated by the Romanian government from the reserve fund to cover the costs of repatriation by means of Tarom airplanes of the Romanian citizens who could not return to Romania following Tuesday's decision by the Blue Air Airlines to temporarily suspend its flights. The Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă summoned a crisis cell to urgently solve the situation and set bringing home the Romanian citizens stranded on airports outside Romania's borders as their main priority. A first plane went to Tel Aviv, Israel, to bring back home almost 150 passengers. But many Romanians are still stuck all over the world, and more than 2,000 have turned to the consular services to be helped by the state. The Blue Air operator justified its decision to suspend flights by claiming that its accounts were blocked for its pending debts by the Environmental Fund Administration and that it could no longer comply with its financial obligations. On Wednesday, the accounts were unblocked and the authorities established that the debt of 28 million lei for the pollution certificates should be paid in installments in a year's time. The company claims that it could pay this amount only under normal operating conditions. According to Blue Air, the suspension of flights for a week means the cancellation of more than 400 flights, for which more than 54,000 tickets were purchased. Blue Air's debts are estimated at 
130 million euros, about half of the total revenues made in a normal year of operation. According to the company, the number of employees decreased by almost one-third compared to the period before the pandemic. The fleet consists of 13 aircraft compared to 32 three years ago, and a number of planes will drop to reach only five in the coming month. Blue Air was established in 2004, had 35 employees and one aircraft, and it subsequently developed at a fast pace. In recent years, however, problems have emerged after the main shareholder was detained by the anti-corruption prosecutors and later received a definitive prison sentence. Until June 2023, Blue Air has an arrangement with creditors in place, made two years ago, a mechanism to avoid insolvency, which allows the company to propose to its creditors a recovery and debt payment plan. Also in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, the company also obtained a state-guaranteed loan worth over 60 million euros. In the summer, Blue Air received a record fine of 2 million euros from the National Authority for Consumer Protection after, between 2021 and 2022, it cancelled more than 11,000 flights, for which payments were made in the total amount of 66.5 million lei, that is 13.7 million euros. A lot of people who asked for a refund for the tickets paid for didn't get anything back. Some of them went to court, where they obtained the sums they were due, plus a symbolic interest for the period during which their money was blocked in the Blue Air accounts. And that was Radio Newsreel. Time now for Hit of the Day on Radio Romania International. Listen to Amna and her song Maybe Later. Astăzi 
You are listening to Radio Romania International. Traveler's Guide. Welcome to Traveler's Guide. I am La Cremera Simeon, and today I'll take you on the cultural and tourist routes in Alba County. Alba County has four certified tourist routes whose aim is to promote cultural and historical sites. Created by the Alba County Council, these routes, namely the Icons Way, the Apuseni Transcultural Route, the National Unity Route, and the Via Aurea Route, are recognized as regionally developed cultural and tourist routes, and thus promoted by the Romanian Ministry for Tourism nationwide. Under the criteria for the recognition system, these routes must be designed in such a way as to include accommodation and food-serving facilities that comply with rigorous standards. They must also provide tourists with leisure facilities. Daniel Lungu, the spokesman for the Augustin Benna Cultural Center in Alba, told us more about each of these routes and the attractions in the county. The Icons Way is the best known among Romanian tourists, but also foreign, because it includes Alba Iulia, the other capital of the Romanians, and the place where the beginning of modern Romania was written. This route implies visits to some of the most important and best known religious sites in Alba County and the country, such as the Coronation Cathedral in Alba Iulia, and Rmetz Monastery and other less known and equally spectacular sites. This is an important year for the Coronation Cathedral, which is also known as the Union Cathedral, because we are celebrating the 100th anniversary of the coronation of the first king and queen of Greater Romania. The cathedral was built especially for that event. The Icons Way crosses the central part of Alba County and highlights the role played by faith in the lives of the Romanians in Transylvania and its contribution to the preservation of Romanian communities and to their artistic expression. The route also contains a visit to Museicon, a museum of icons and books, said Daniel Lungu. Located in Transylvania in western Romania, Apusen Mountains don't stand out for their height as their highest peak only goes up to 1,849 meters. But for the many activities on offer, its spectacular natural sites, and for being home to the only permanent community in Romania to live at an altitude of over 1,300 meters in wooden houses built 200 years ago. The Apusen Transcultural Route is aimed at promoting the cultural heritage and the attractions of the region. Daniel Lungu, the spokesman, for the Augustin Bena Cultural Center in Alba explains. For many, the Apusen Mountains are the site of spectacular landscape. They are located in the northwestern part of Alba County following two county roads. The Apusen Mountains region, the Moci country, is also known as the Switzerland of Romania. One of the villages there, Rumeta, preserves the traditions of the ethnic Hungarians living in the area. The specific architecture of the buildings is strictly respected. 
You can find here the traditional white houses specific to this ethnic group. And you can also sample the traditional cuisine, such as goulash made in a cast iron pot, which is very popular among the tourists in the area. There are also many Romanian traditions in Apuseni. You might also discover the Alphorn, which is tulnic in Romanian, and which is jokingly called the mobile phone of the Mots people, said Daniel Ulungu. History aficionados can cross the National Unity Route and the Via Aurea Route, continues Daniel Lungu. Ruta Unității Naționale 1848-1918-1922 The Route of National Unity 1848-1918-1922 covers about 150 kilometers in Alba County, which is recognized for many of the symbolic elements in Romania's history. This route includes historical and legendary objects that are related to significant historical events for both Romania and Alba County. The historical moments of 1848, 1918, and 1922 will be found along this route in the form of symbolic towns and monuments. On the other hand, the Via Aurea route emphasizes the tradition of gold mining. And maybe your listeners have heard of Rocha Montana and of the gold-related legends in the area. Gold has been extracted in this area of the Apusen Mountains since the time of the Roman Empire. Daniel Lungu said. The Augustin Bena Cultural Center and the Alba County Council presented these routes in detail, both on their own websites or on dedicated websites. There you will find all the information you need before you hit the road. Also on the website of the Augustin Bena Cultural Center in Alba, you will find an agenda full of events. The most recent one is an established fair dedicated to promoting the most beautiful rural destinations. Daniel Lungu is back at the microphone. The Alba Tourism Fair, one of the longest-running events of its kind, is an event that promotes rural tourism and tries to attract people to discover the beauties of Romania. In Blaj, we have the Autumn Riches, another important event. Also this autumn, if you arrive in the Alba Iulia area, you must stop for two days at the Ziwa de Mâine, tomorrow folk festival. We look forward to seeing you in Alba County to travel the cultural tourist routes we talked about to discover new and beautiful places, said Daniel Lungu in the end of Traveler's Guide Today. Coming up next... Generation 3.0. Welcome, I'm Mihaela Ignatescu. Marius Tanchulescu is 21 years old and is the vice coordinator of the Japan branch of the League of Romanian Students Abroad. He was born in Bucharest and after graduating from the computer science class of the Tudor Viano High School, he decided to register for the MEXT scholarship offered by the government of Japan. He says he chose the Japanese state because, on the one hand, he was thrilled at the idea of studying there, and on the other hand, because he had relatives living in Japan for a while, and they had told him about that experience. Marius received a scholarship from the Faculty of Biology of Kobe University, 
and in September 2020 he arrived in Japan. He says it didn't take long for him to adapt. Honestly, it didn't take long for me to get used to living there. I had left home intending to learn the language, which I didn't know very well, and to adapt to the culture, because I said that if I were to live there for four years, I'd better enjoy it. So I tried as much as possible to introduce Japanese culture into my life, to behave the way they do, and it didn't take long. After three months, I think I was already completely used to it. It didn't seem like I had left home. It felt natural for me to be in Japan. He heard about the Romanian Students League from a new friend he made when he arrived in Japan, none other than Robert Pidish, the head of the Japanese branch. Mario says he decided to join the organization because there are just a few young Romanians there and the League offers them the opportunity to keep the community together. It had been difficult for me to get information about studying in Japan, and I had to do lots of research about studying and living there. So I thought I should get involved and help those who would want to come here find the necessary information faster than I did. At first we were just three active members, but then the number doubled. We tried to organize events that would catch the attention of the Romanian public, young people in particular, who are interested in animes, manga, Japanese music, and we did that especially on Instagram. We wanted people to find out about us and to know that they can come to us if they need help. Most of our activities were held online, so we were not affected by restrictions that much. Marius took over the leadership of the Japanese branch of the Students' League in January 2022. The only goal he set for himself was to make the information about study opportunities in Japan as available as possible for the young people in Romania. When I applied for the scholarship, very few people knew about the existence of such a scholarship. And I think that it also affects the number of Romanians who are in Japan, because if you don't know that there is a possibility, you wouldn't think about studying there. So we do webinars and we try to contact schools and private institutions where Japanese is taught in order to offer students information about opportunities to study and live in Japan. Marius Tanjulescu says that although he likes Japan, he is too far from home and family. He's thinking of leaving the land of the rising sun and returning to the European continent to further his education. That was Generation 3.0. Next in this program, sports. Welcome to Radio Romania International's sports feature. I'm Ana Maria Popescu. At the European Judo Open held in Oberwald, Austria, Romanian athletes managed to win three medals. Silver for Adrian Schulke in the 73-kilo category and two bronze medals for Alexandra Pop in the 48-kilo and Serafima Moscalu in the 70-kilo category. France came first in the medal ranking, with Romania ranking ninth. The competition brought together 283 judoka from 37 countries, 184 men and 99 women. 
Romania won 13 medals, 6 gold, 4 silver and 3 bronze at the World Under-20 Beach Wrestling Championships held on the Neversea Beach in Constanza. The gold went to both men and women, 3 medals each. The winners were Ana Maria Pervu in the 50kg category, Teodora Serbu in the 70kg and Elena Irina Margash in the 70-plus-kilo category. As for the men, the best performances came from Daniel Marin Sandu in the 70-kilo category, Denis Iwan Kirika in the 80-kilo category and Georgian Florin Tripon in the 90-plus-kilo category. In the under-17 competition held in the same place, Romania won nine medals, four gold, three silver and two bronze. Tienza Bayamare and Dinamo Bucharest were the winners in the third round of the National Rugby League playoffs. Stinza defeated Stawa 10-8, while Dinamo beat SCM Timisoara 20-6. Topping the standings is Stinza Bayamare with 14 points, followed by Dinamo with 13 points, Stawa with 8 points and SCM Timisoara with 4 points. In the last two matches of the ninth round of Romania's top football league, FC Ardes lost on home turf to FC Hermannstadt 1-0 and CSU Craiova defeated Farol Constanza 4-3. The current top-ranking team is Rapid Bucharest with 21 points, followed by Farol Constanza with 18 and Petrolul Ploiesht with 17 points. And this wraps up today's sports feature on Radio Romania International. Don't forget you can also follow us online at rri.ro and on Facebook. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Hello and welcome to our regular folk feature, Music of Romania, today featuring the late Mia Braia, a famous singer-songwriter of Romania. I'm your host, Elena Enake. Let's start with a song entitled The Violin. Triste viola, she plunges, she yells, 
este ca inima mea Nu e lucru ușor Să uiți un vis de amor Să înțeleagă nu-i nimenea Și gemi vioara pe strune de foc În suflet în picure doar să spargă de-aș putea E păcat Nu-i a mea Într-o seară de vară Bioară cânta Aci lângă inima mea Și din strunele ei Ca și din ochii mei de lacrime amare Curgea Mia Braia was born in Craiova, southeastern Romania, 111 years ago. Her grandfather's house was next to the cemetery, so the first song she performed together with her sisters was at a funeral. Composer Ion Vasilescu once heard her sing and invited her to Bucharest to study music. Once in the capital, she attended the classes of the music school and also the law school. Let's listen to her again with a song entitled Love Letter. Pare de răsare în amintirea ei 
Mia Braya started her career as a soloist in Craiova, then, between 1934 and 1945, she performed in famous restaurants in Bucharest. She made her debut on the radio in 1936. She was later banned by the communist regime for 15 years. Let's listen to her again with a song entitled At the Window Where a Cat Sleeps. Amândouă și cea mare și cea mică Sunt cele mai dulci păpuși din București La fereastra unde doarme o pisică E o plăcere de-o pepe să privești Eu ca să trăiesc trebuie să iubesc Și să supăr pentru fete Toate-mi sunt pe plac și n-am ce să fac Fie blonde sau brunete Dar acum e ceva îngrozitor Două fete eu iubesc cu același dor La fereastra unde doarme o pisică E o plăcere de o fete să privești Că-și fetițele sunt noștine de pică Și e greu să știi pe care să o iubești Amândouă și cea mare și cea mică Sunt cele mai dulci păpuși din București La fereastra unde doarme o pisică E o plăcere de-o fete să privești La fereastra unde doarme o pisică E o plăcere de-o fete să privești Having received permission to perform again in the mid-1960s, Mia Braya went on tours to Europe and the United States. She settled in the United States, where she stayed until the end of her life. We end this music program today with a very famous song, entitled Shepherd with 300 Sheep, performed by Mia Braya together with her sister, vocalist Iwana Radu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Living Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. In the spotlight. Hello, this is Daniel Bills at the microphone, welcoming you to our weekly feature on our country's international relations and exchanges. Stay tuned! On August the 24th, Ukraine celebrates its Independence Day. And in order to mark this day, as well as the resistance of the Ukrainian people against the Russian aggression, Last week, at the American corner of the National Library in Bucharest, the US Embassy launched an exhibition showcasing posters from the war. The move represents an artistic response to Russia's ongoing aggression. As early as the war's first days, many artists in Ukraine took action immediately and created visual images, which became voices of this country's resistance to the Russian aggression. They managed to create a complex range of emotions the Ukrainians are living today, as well as to present the gruesome realities that they are facing right now in their war-torn country. Taking the floor during the event in Bucharest, Timothy Gerhardson, Councillor for Public Affairs with the US Embassy in Romania, says the exhibition was in celebration to Ukraine's Independence Day and not only. It's in celebration of Ukraine's Independence Day. It's also to stand united with Ukraine today and tomorrow as well as yesterday as we're into six months now that the U.S. Embassy is pleased to be here to partner with the Ukraine House in Kyiv and the Pictoric Illustrators Club, who's put this Impressions of War exhibition together for us, representing seven young Ukrainian artists throughout this exhibition. This exhibition will remain here at the library at the American Corner for the next couple of weeks. From the first days of Russia's full-scale war, many Ukrainian artists reacted to the invasion by creating visual images to express their feelings. Here is again at the microphone, Timothy Gerhardson, Councillor for Public Affairs with the U.S. Embassy in Romania. From the first days of Russia's full-scale war, many Ukrainian artists reacted to this horrific invasion by creating art, visual images to express their feelings and to give a voice to their resistance. This poster art is part of a wider dialogue. It's a conversation among citizens, both inside Ukraine and out. As we can tell, art, these pictures, make a connection with all of us. It reaches us and it tells a story through creative expression. Many of these visual and pictorial messages here today are also displayed on building walls and on city streets in Ukraine. And they have reached us here at the National Library for us to see 
and for us to hear their voices. Now, for the past five months, the traveling exhibition Impressions of War have been on display in Germany, Poland, Canada, Italy, Switzerland, the United States, and here in Romania. The exhibition, as you have seen walking through this, is very successful in raising our awareness of the Kremlin's brutal war while honoring the bravery and resistance of the Ukrainian people. The posters displayed during the exhibition at the National Library in Bucharest are conveying powerful messages to the viewers, says the Councillor for Public Affairs with the US Embassy. These images speak. They speak without words about a complex range of emotions. When you look at these pictures, you have a story immediately, but it's very complex. The art reflects an amazing resilience. It gives us a sense of understanding. We can understand a little better the tragedy and the heroism across the border. This art shows that the Ukrainian people and her friends and allies are united in a determination to see a peaceful, democratic, and independent and a prosperous Ukraine. We don't know when the war will end, but we know Ukraine will emerge victorious and her friends and partners will continue to stand united with Ukraine for as long as it takes. Slava Ukraine. Also present at the exhibition launch, Petro Stoyan, second secretary of the Embassy of Ukraine in Romania, referred to the Russian aggression against his country. Dear colleagues and friends, it's a great honor for me to be here today next to you. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the U.S. Embassy in Romania, as well as the leadership of the National Library of Romania for organizing this event. The posters presented here reflect today's cruel reality. Aggressive war is going on in the center of Europe. Ukraine today is forced to fight for its right to international subjectivity and independence with arms in hand. In 2014, the Russian Federation overstepped the fundamental norms of international law and treacherously violated its obligations to guarantee the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Ukraine. Russia has committed an act of aggression against Ukraine by occupying the Autonomous Republic of Crimea and the city of Sevastopol, as well as the separate areas of the Donetsk and Luhansk regions of Ukraine. On February 24th of this year, Kremlin, with the support of the criminal regime of Alexander Lukashenko, decided to put an end to Ukrainian statehood and launched a full-scale aggressive war against Ukraine, attacking our state from north, east and south. Another panelist, Diana Stefana Bachuna, State Secretary with the Ministry of Culture, referred to the venue of the event, which is the place where we can find the cultural testimony of a nation. Thank you for uh, your invitation to this exhibition today that describes so well the months of fire Ukraine had to go through. The National Library is the place where we find the cultural testimony of a nation, and it gives me great pleasure that such a space can host 
an exhibition with a remarkable impact, especially in the given context. All the images we see at the aforementioned exhibition are reflecting a harsh reality. Here is again at the microphone Diana Stefana Bacuna, State Secretary with the Ministry of Culture in Bucharest. I must confess that uh, the images we see reflect a harsh reality. It is the awful image of an unjustified conflict, a conflict that no one wanted and very few would have expected. Unfortunately, the truth is that right now, as we speak and stand in this place, Ukraine are fight Ukrainians are fighting a war to save their own nation. A disaster. That's how we could consider any conflict that threatens the existence of a nation and of a culture. The latest data of UNESCO <clears throat> reflect a terrible act committed against the existing cultural assets in Ukraine. 179 religious sites, museums, historical buildings, monuments, and libraries were severely damaged or even destroyed. It is a terrible atrocity what we see daily in the news, in pictures, and in such exhibitions that shows us the scale of the disaster we are witnessing. For six months, the Ukrainian people have found the strength to fight. And the past few days, when they should have celebrated their country's Independence Day, this was not possible. Bands and marches fell silent in the face of bullets and shelling. Diana Stefana Bacuna, State Secretary with the Ministry of Culture, wraps up today's edition of our weekly feature in the spotlight. Until next time, from me, Daniel Bilz, it's goodbye and good listening. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to Simply Folk. I am Lacamara Simeon. Today's program features Fermiza Lambru, a famous Romanian accordion player, who will be performing the song Up on the Muschel Mountain. Thank you. 
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1700 hours UTC on 9760 kHz in the DRM system and on 11850 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1100 hours UTC on 15320 and 17670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye.